Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Friday. It's June 30th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. But as I've been doing all week long, it's not typical for the next two weeks. We are uh, off Monday and Tuesday, that would be July 3rd and 4th in celebration of Independence Day. We'll be with you July 5th through 7th and then on vacation July 10th through 14th, back with you doing shows on July 17th. So that's the upcoming schedule here for us in the Sports Zone and Extra Point. But for now, we're with you until noon today with obviously the NBA free agency period getting started today, 3 p.m. local time for those discussions. Uh, we also have uh, some Diamondbacks news. We have plenty of other things to get into, plus your phone calls today at uh, 1030 and 1115. The number is always to dial us is 602-260-1060. We also have Diamondbacks July 4th tickets. We have one four-pack remaining to give away. And as I mentioned, it's Friday. So that's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. So we'll get into those specials in just a second. But let's set the scene with today's poll questions. And we'll start with the KDOS1060.com uh, poll question regarding the Diamondbacks and some trade rumors here. Uh, should the D-backs offer the Mets a combination of current young major leaguers and or top prospects for Max Scherzer? And the masses continue to be firmly on the no side of things as 100% of the vote is leading the way. That would be firm. (laughs) Um, If they did such a thing, there are a couple of things to consider here other than just the talent level. And Scherzer's been pretty good here lately, including last night. But, you know, the Mets just aren't any good at all. Gave up two runs, and he didn't win. But uh, he's been much better here in the the majority of his most recent starts. So... Uh, you know, he didn't start the season. Uh, you know, he, well, he started the season on time, but then there were delays, and he had some issues physically. And then he had the, uh, you know, the, the whatever the hell was going on with the pine tar or rosin, etc. Got suspended, so it was an uneven start for his season. But here of late, he's been really impressive, uh, more like quote Max Scherzer. Uh, so the first, that's one thing to consider. So he's looked good lately. Second of all. Uh, his current contract is $43.333 million for the, uh, the rest of this season and next season. So good news, he's under contract. The bad news is I don't think there's any way the Diamondbacks would actually pay that. And they would actually ask the Mets for some kind of uh, salary relief there, uh, which actually I think the Mets would be agreeable to if the Diamondbacks gave up a package of either current minor league or excuse me, current major league talent, young players, and some of their young minor league talent. So there's lots of uh, things to consider there. So 
I know there's been there was you know, various reports out of New York. I you know mostly uh, the last couple of days. And Scherzer was actually asked last night if he he's got a no trade clause too. He was asked whether he would waive that, and he refused to answer the question after he you know started, and then they lost another game. It's kind of wild to think that the Mets sitting here on June 30th could very well be in a position of being sellers ahead of the trade deadline. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Steve Cohen had a press conference. I could get my days mixed up Wednesday. Um, and, uh, yeah, he didn't, didn't say he didn't rule that out. Uh, let's put it that way for a guy that obviously was spending wildly. Uh, I think wildly we can say for sure now, uh, cause some of the moves haven't panned out. Some of them seem to be pretty good ideas at the time, but some of the costs involved seem to be a little crazy. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's not good. They've been terrible and it seems like there's no chance that they're going to get back in, in my opinion, the playoff race, even, you know, they've lost 14 games this month in the standings to the Braves this month. Well, they don't have many more left to play against them, right? <laughs> well, that's true. But I mean, just you know, they didn't you know they didn't lose them all to the Braves. But yeah, you know, they, the Braves, the Braves of I think the Braves are twenty and four this month. Uh, the Mets have the second worst percentage winning percentage in baseball this month. We'll answer that poll question around eleven uh, thirty today, giving you some time to continue to cast your vote over at kdus1060.com. Flipping it on over to Twitter at kdusam1060. In regards to the Chris Haynes report from yesterday, that uh, Kyrie Irving is expected to sit down with the Suns and the Mavericks as free agency uh, discussions can get started later today. Should the Suns be interested in signing free agent Ky- Kyrie Irving? No leading the way at 76 percent of the vote yes trailing at 24 percent another thing that out there out there that seems to be a little crazy um far be it for me to try to understand the salary cap rules and so forth but it would seem that if uh they did something with irving it would have to be some kind of sign and trade thing involving deandre ayton or he would have to take a minimum salary contract, quote-unquote minimum salary for the NBA, uh, to sign a deal with the Suns. Uh, yes, and I want to say that I was seeing I was seeing a couple of different reports, but it seemed like I saw more of the reports on the side that if the sign-and-trade thing happened with DeAndre Ayton, it would put the Suns in a hard cap situation, so even more restrictions ahead if they were to go that route versus uh, Kyrie having to take a vet minimum. So that was at least the latest I saw as yesterday progressed along. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, as I mentioned during the introduction of the pipeline of the sports zone, this is uh, the idea that this notion was actually out there is, you know, got to be somewhat related to the fact that I'm going to keep using this term until I'm proven either wrong or not maybe even proven right. But it seems like uh, new owner Matt Ishbia, it's, uh, he's a fantasy basketball owner more than an NBA owner uh, at this point. He's just trying to add main name players as uh, he could possibly get. And then the Haynes story yesterday, I thought it was it was like within an hour or so that that story broke when you know, simultaneous to Brad, uh, to Bradley Beal's introductory press conference. <laughs> yeah, they were all 
pretty much within an hour of each other. And then, of course, James Jones was was asked about it. And uh, he basically said in better terms, no comment, like they're not going to discuss their their free agency plans. Uh, So that's I, I don't know what else we would have expected. But at the press conference, because of the report, you have to ask the question. But they got Ish Wayne right back. So there's your bench. Uh, we'll get into more on the Suns here in just a second. But as I started off the conversation with, it's a Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Visit our friends 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. And there's plenty of time to be grilling this weekend by the pool. Uh, you're probably off from work on Monday and Tuesday. So enjoy some Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We'll have a $100 gift certificate to give away uh, to you, but not quite yet. Here are the weekend specials, though. Jalapeno cheddar beef patties at $6.99 a pound. Prime pork butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound. Bob, there you go. The pork chops for the weekend. And the... Fresh cut uh, spatchcock chickens at $3.99 a pound. In addition to that, if you're up for some beer tasting, tonight at Von Hansen's from 3 to 6, wine tasting Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Once again, that's Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Getting back to the Phoenix Suns and the introductory press conference for Bradley Beal, uh, some takeaways that I had here. Obviously, we have been talking a lot about the offensive production or the expected offensive production with players like Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker now on the squad. So naturally, Bradley Beal was going to talk about that as well. Uh, And one of his quotes in regards to the offensive production is that I get antsy just thinking about it because I haven't had those opportunities, and it's the same with the other two guys and D.A. He also talked about the team aspect with, of course, playing with guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and the pedigree that they have uh, in this league. Bradley Beal says, I don't look at the NBA like, oh, it's my team or, oh, it's your team. It's everybody. We all got to compete. We all got to do this thing together and make it happen. He went on to say, though, but understand that this is book nation i understand that this is his stomping grounds this is his arena and i'm excited for that i'm excited to be able to play with two hall of famers i've never done that they'll push me in ways i've never been pushed hopefully i can do the same hopefully they're just not taking the ball out of bounds after the opponent scores but uh that's another thing i'm not going to change my tune about unless they make me change my tune after the season starts and they actually can play some defense Uh, The other thing that we discussed when the trade went down for Bradley Beal uh, and then just kind of a discussion in general, this happens regardless of of who you are. There are injuries that take place. Some players seem to be a little bit more injured than others. If you look at history here, Bradley Beal, the last couple of seasons, hasn't been able to play a full season. Neither has Kevin Durant. Neither has Devin Booker. So you kind of get a little bit concerned if the lack of depth isn't there. But Bradley Beal feels confident that he's heading into this offseason at least being the healthiest he's been in quite some time. He was asked about injuries, and he said, my body's in a lot better position now. This is the first summer I've had in two, three years in which I have a whole summer. I can work out. In years past, I've been injured all the way through the year. So that's at least better that uh, he's getting a full summer to, to get back into you know some some shape get in the gym with the guys and at least just come into the season being healthy obviously the longevity throughout the season is important too i agree he's in his 30s now though so you know he and durant are not getting any younger and rarely 
Do players that have had some injury history at this stage of their careers avoid that the rest of their careers? As somebody now in their 30s, I don't want to agree with you about how it takes a long longer to bounce back. <laughs> okay. Um, I, can, I, can, I can't even remember my 30s, so there you go. Uh, the other thing when we're talking about the formulation of this team, obviously we know how much money is being dedicated to these three players. If you throw in De- DeAndre Ayton as well, uh, then trying to figure out how do you round out this roster? Uh, Frank Vogel was at the press conference yesterday and he was asked about, you know, what direction do they go for a starting five? What direction do they go for some depth here? One of Frank's answers was, I'm very comfortable with Beal and Booker as the starting backcourt, but we're going to explore that fifth spot potentially being a campaign or a point guard, and we're going to explore it being maybe a 3-4 type of defender position. Those things will play out in camp. Yeah, at least it didn't uh, sound like he wasn't even considering campaign as a point guard, which he's really not, uh, because he is, you think we've learned he's incapable of really running an offense, He's not a good passer. He can score. Uh, and when he's scoring, he's a really effective player. But he's not an effective player at all when he's not scoring because, as we've learned during the postseason, the last couple of years, and really the last, the last three years, even when they went to the finals, teams just in the postseason attack him at the defensive end and basically force him off the floor. We've seen a lot of point book at various different phases of his career we obviously saw him take on a large portion of running the offense in the playoffs out of necessity here uh, just a few months ago what do you think if they go into the season with Booker kind of being the predominant ball handler I don't think they have any choice um, I think he has to be I mean Beal um, you know, I wish I, 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 you know, I don't watch the Wizards much. In fact, almost never, unless they're playing the Suns. And he missed at least one of the games against the Suns this past year. But he's a very, he actually has some very good, you know, assist numbers. And you know, it's not like he was playing with the greatest team of all time. I'm sure he made a lot of other, you know, really good passes. And those guys didn't make the shots. So, but you know. It, they don't have any choice. I actually don't think they're going to have a whole lot of problems offensively, quite frankly. Uh, but, you know, I think that Book, Booker is where they kind of start things. Durant can certainly bring the ball up plenty of times, uh, especially when he gets his gets a defensive rebound. He can, bring, he can just bring it up, whether it's you know, up-tempo or whether it's you know, kind of a half-court set. You just basically set a screen roll and see how it goes. Uh, so, But I don't think there's going to be – they're going to score a ton of points. I just don't envision how they can possibly stop anybody, especially when the playoffs start. Yeah, I was definitely thinking that I can see a lot of various different players just bringing up the ball and, and initiating the offense from there, which could be an advantageous thing for the offensive side of things because the defense really isn't able to get set as well uh, to be able to just be on their heels a little bit more based upon yeah. who's bringing the, bringing the ball up. Yeah, I guess all three of those guys do that for sure, but... It's not like they're running a intricate. They're not running the Bob Knight uh, you know, motion offense from the college days and the and like IU in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Uh, so you know the NBA game, uh, nobody really runs an offense. It's a uh, pretty much uh, 
I don't know what percentage it is, but it seems like it's at least 75% of the time some form of screen roll with a couple of players. Uh, James Harden, he's once again in the news. We'll dive into what uh, the latest is in regards to him and what that means. We'll also dive into uh, a player returning to the Sacramento Kings and what that could potentially mean for the Kings, who did have a bunch of money available in free agency heading into this offseason here. Uh, But once again, a reminder for you, the Diamondbacks are here at Chase Field on July 4th. Uh, hosting the Mets, the first 15,000 fans to the game will receive a patriotic tee. Visit dbacks.com slash tickets to secure your seats now. And right now, caller number two is going to get the four-pack of Diamondbacks tickets to this game. The number to call, 602-260-1060. Caller number two wins the four-pack of tickets to see the Diamondbacks and the Mets on July 1st. The first 15,000 fans to the game will receive that patriotic t-shirt. dbacks.com slash tickets 602-260-1060 right now tune in weekdays to the sports zone with bob kemp from 9 to 10 a.m on kdus am 1060 kdus1060.com and with the kdus 1060 app Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Congratulations to our winner for the four pack of tickets to the July 4th game with the Diamondbacks hosting the Mets. A reminder for you, the first 15,000 fans to the game will receive a patriotic tee. Visit dbacks.com slash tickets to secure your seats today. Uh, continuing the NBA conversation as today. 3 p.m. Local time is when the legal discussion period can get started for for free agents in the NBA. But a couple of things have caught my attention in the last couple of days, and we have to start with James Harden and just this entire situation and how it's all been uh, unfolding with him in Philadelphia. So the latest here being reported by a couple of different outlets, but uh, mainly Adrian Wojnarowski is who I've kind of seen a lot of this from, is that he's opting into his his $35.6 million option and that Harden and the 76ers will look to explore a trade. Uh, Woj is reporting that teams expected to have interest in Harden would be the Clippers and the Knicks. And this is coming after, uh, the, I guess, the conversations and, and thought process that uh, James Harden would be interested in the Rockets with the Rockets seemingly pivoting to wanting uh, Fred Van Vliet so that's kind of maybe where all of this has gone. In addition to apparently Harden is upset with the way the 76ers handled his possible free agency. I saw that from Sam Amick from The Athletic. So I don't know if this is the chicken or the egg comes first here, but uh, yeah, also Embiid apparently doesn't want him around anymore. Uh, <laughs> so that's part of the deal. Uh, should be like number one in the list for the deal if you're in Philadelphia. So that was going on. And now he's you know, Harden's requested a trade after you know two days of people reporting that he's going to be part of a sign-in trade and you know, they don't want him around. Uh, so you know, take your own guesses there. I also heard the Heat mention, which just seems to be completely against the you know, Heat culture or whatever we're supposed to call it. Uh, it just seems like a bad idea. As far as the Rockets, um, 
he owns a billion businesses in Houston. That's why a lot of people assumed he was going to go back there. And he, you know, I think at one point he said he wanted to go back there. But that doesn't appear to be any possibility at this uh, stage. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I asked, uh, I personally don't think that he's the uh, final piece of a championship puzzle for any team at this stage of his career. He's in his you know, almost 35, right? Um, that, uh, you know, and, it's not like he has a splendid playoff history whenever his heyday was. So a couple of things. I think uh, him opting in to the contract makes it easier for him to be traded because of, uh, I, I guess, the, the potential of what he could make if he were to opt out and then all of that Correct. different money with everything that's going yeah. on with the new CBA. Everyone's trying to, to figure this out as we're going along. So making it easier for him to be on the move by opting in with the $35.6 million option there. Secondly, I, I think it's certainly worth pointing out for for the conversation about James Harden. Um, he will be 34 here in August, it looks like. But when you talk about um, the consistency factor, I think we saw some inconsistent play at times this year with, with Philadelphia, and then we saw flashes of there's the James Harden we remember. He literally put the team on the back to, to win games that they uh, probably shouldn't have won in the playoffs. And so back to being vintage Harden, then games where there was just total disappearance. And it's just kind of, I don't know if it's a, a byproduct as well of how the, the 76ers were constructed, that it, it was just kind of frustrating to watch them at times when no, no one else offensively could do anything. Uh, but the narrative has certainly followed Harden at every place he's been yeah totally agree with all of that uh i might beg to differ a little bit i don't i don't know if there was a disappearance i think they wanted him to disappear a couple times but he just kept taking some really bad shots in some of the playoff games that they lost against the celtics you know, he obviously had the incredible first game when he scored 45 quite frankly didn't do a whole lot the rest of the series there was one game i know that he certainly participated in a positive way but uh yeah, if I were Embiid or, quite frankly, any James Harden teammate at this point, I know he led the world in assists and so forth last year, but I wouldn't want him on my team. The one team that apparently seems to make the most sense, quote-unquote, would be the Clippers, who they've got a really interesting situation. They've been looking for a point guard for 100 years. They, I guess some people will think that Harden would be that point guard. But the Clippers also, Kawhi, and Paul George both have opt-outs after next season. So is this kind of a, you know, not necessarily a last rodeo because they'd be adding a different player, but uh, give it a run with those three guys and then you blow it up. Um, useless stat for you here. James Harden has as many trade requests as playoff series wins since November of 2020. <laughs> He requested a trade out of Houston, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. So that's three trade requests, three playoff series wins, Boston 2021, Toronto 2022, and Brooklyn 2023. I, I don't think that's anything close to worthless. I think that's actually a pertinent stat. Yes, I think that's very good. 
But back to your Clippers conversation here. I mean, I guess they, they have the money to be able to do it after they decided not to pick up Eric, Eric Gordon's $21 million contract here. I'll get into Eric Gordon in just a minute. But do you think that, uh, you know, I'd have to think that Kawhi Paul George would have to kind of sign off on a, a James Harden deal for yeah. him to come. So is everyone copacetic with how that could potentially work out? I mean, I know injuries have certainly plagued both of those players. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George there is only one ball to go around though uh, I'm not sure what their opinion is on that but yeah, they're also remember they're opening their own arena here uh, if you're getting away from the you know playing the same arena as the Lakers I have no idea what they even call that arena now uh, but it used to be the Staples Center Crypto. back in the day okay yeah so there you go I, I know what's you know, I've been to Staples I don't know what crypto is so there you go uh, but yeah, uh, so they yeah, and Balmer doesn't seem to be short on cash, so you know throw those things together and you know, that would seemingly uh, seemingly be where they would get the the needed revenue, the extra revenue. Uh, so let's get into Eric Gordon here for a minute. Uh, you know, he has been linked to the Suns for what? The last four or five years, whether it be. I've been, I've, I've been begging that the Suns get him forever. <laughs> whether it have been like, the trade deadline. Like, right. Including last last trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. For weeks before that trade deadline. We knew he was going to get traded. So yeah. now that it's here, he's been waived. Now, are, are, would you still be willing to bang the drum to bring in Eric Gordon for his ability to uh, space the floor from behind the arc? I'm not because I just don't, you know, he's another, he's not a great defender. He's a terrible defender. He's okay. Uh, not terrible, but uh, I just don't know how he would possibly fit in with the current cast of characters here. Uh, so, but, and he's had some incredible games in this building downtown uh, and, uh, and, you know, granted some of those were against some Suns teams that were really bad. And most of those Suns teams, even the ones that have been really good in the last 20 years, some of them weren't particularly good on defense, but I mean, he's had some, he's had some incredible games against the Suns. So maybe that's, some, yeah, but I liked him in college at Indiana and I, I'm, with, I remember, I, I, I think it was his freshman year at Indiana. I said that this dude's going to be an NBA player forever. And he's pretty much been an NBA player forever. <laughs> he's, he's not slowing down now. He can still score. I just think that he would be better off uh, if he went somewhere else that had uh, you know more of a complimentary cast uh, than, uh, than coming here. I had the specific stats yesterday, but it was in the ballpark of since he joined the Clippers at the trade deadline uh, in the in last season here, he was shooting like 42% from behind the arc. It dipped a bit in the playoffs, though, closer to about 35%. Uh, that would have been the playoff series against the Suns as well. Uh, but clearly, over the course of his career, he has proven that he is really solid from behind the arc. And also remember that playoff series against the Suns. They didn't have, you know, George at all, uh, who's a very good passer. They didn't have Leonard after the first two games, who's a very good passer. So I'm guessing that you know, part of the drop and the other part is that, you know, playoff numbers usually, offensive players, their numbers go down because the defense is, you know, more focused on uh, from game to game than they are in the regular season uh, when you don't have as much time to scout, etc. 
Uh, so I'm not surprised that his uh, playoff numbers were down last year with the Clippers, considering all the circumstances. Uh, the other thing that I took away from yesterday's news, Harrison Barnes agreeing to a three-year, $54 million deal to stay with the Kings. Barnes was one of three players to start all 82 regular season games. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was one of them. And then this one, I'm wondering if it accumulated itself to 82 regular season games because I could have swore he didn't play at least one game for the Nets, but maybe I'm mistaking, and that was Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, I don't know about uh, you know. That's that first. Uh, well, Bridges got like what, uh, he's like the longest consecutive game streak going, doesn't he? I thought NBA. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's been he's been Iron, Iron Man. Man. Since he's been in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm not. I've never quite understood the fascination with Harrison Barnes. Quite frankly, going back to North Carolina, I mean, he was like the. If he wasn't the number one high school player in the country when he was a senior in high school, I think in this from the state of Iowa, uh, he was pretty close to it. I mean, I knew about him before he ever played at Carolina, and he was okay at Carolina, probably better than okay, but he wasn't the player that you know you thought he was going to be like the next great Carolina player, and he wasn't that, and he's bounced around the NBA. I mean, he's, a, I think, a good complimentary player, but I would think there would be better ways to spend your money than on Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes averaged 15.4 points per game since joining the Kings in 2019. Uh, statistically speaking, Barnes averaged more points when he was with the Mavericks from 2016 to partway through that 2019 season before he was traded to Sacramento. Um, you know... <laughs> It's interesting. So what I guess what I'm hearing from you maybe uh, that Harrison Barnes didn't live up to some of the expectations that were set on him, whether they were right or wrong expectations from the start. I think that's a completely accurate kind of, uh, you know, assessment there. He certainly, I mean, he would have had to been like Michael Jordan to be you know, live up to the hype before he ever got to Carolina, and then he went to Carolina. So, I mean, there were some – Jordan type comparisons at some point, which you watched him play for like a 20 minutes and you knew that's just pretty funny. This is absurd. Uh, but and the way you, know, you mentioned his numbers were down in Sacramento where there are a lot more shots available in Dallas uh, when he was there. And he wasn't always playing with Luca in, in Dallas either. Correct. And it's just an interesting his career arc I do think the situation though in Sacramento is a much better place for him because uh, he had the the start of his career with Golden State and that seemed to be going really well a couple of championships won but clearly they had decided that they were going to go in a different direction lots of people maybe thought that that situation uh, did Harrison wrong if you will uh, then having the opportunity to play with Dallas and to your point just more shot volume uh, now he's in a, a much different role uh, with the Kings, but it, it seems to be a, a decent fit for him there. Yeah, I, I agree with that part, even though I think the Warriors, I wonder if the Warriors kind of wish maybe we should have figured out a way to keep him because they've been seemingly chasing a, you know, a wing player to, you know, to replace him since he left, whether it be the you know, Kaminga though we talked about earlier this week. Uh, and uh, whether it be you know, Moody, who I actually think can be a pretty good player, uh, but you know, they, they, 
to me, Barnes' best moments were in Golden State, but he obviously had a far better supporting cast when he was there. 602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to chime in. We'll take phone calls today uh, in this next segment as well as 1115. The number 602-260-1060. If you'd like to chime in about the NBA free agency, the Suns welcoming in Bradley Beal, the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll also get into some NFL discussion on the other side of the break. There's been a few things that have transpired uh, contract-wise, suspension-wise, uh, rumor-wise with Buda Baker, and then also... Uh, uh, some unfortunate layoffs that are taking place with uh, ESPN and how that impacts some of the a- NFL and NBA coverage as those the names are starting to trickle out here this morning. So if you'd like to chime in, uh, have your say, you can. 602-260-1060. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KTUS AM 1060 and KTUS1060.com. here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Friday. It's June 30th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you up until noon today. Some NFL news that caught my attention. Uh, Let's start, though, with uh, the report that you saw uh, from this morning in regards to Buda Baker uh, ahead of training camp and kind of where his his mindset is at uh, before training camp gets started. According to uh, NFL media, I'm not sure if this was on NFL Network this morning or not. I didn't uh, watch that show this morning, but uh, according to NFL media, um, you know, he basically, uh, you know, wants to have a new contract before training camp. So I'm sure he wants to, I'm sure this is part of the negotiating period, you know, the Cardinals and, you know, to settle the right things, uh, you know, during the, the mini camp when he was in the, uh, in the, the, uh, at the compound, let's call it that way but not uh, participating in uh, the mandatory minicamp practices. Uh, the other bit of news here that I saw regards to some contracts, and it's actually coming out of New England. Uh, they made some moves this week with some players of their own. Uh, they agreed to a three-year deal worth up to $33 million for wide receiver Devontae Parker. In addition to that, agreed to a two-year contract extension with linebacker Jawan Bentley. Uh, that's two years million max deal for him with $9 million fully guaranteed. Juwan Bentley, in his role, has been really impressive in that defensive system. Yeah, I like him. I mean, you would know better than I. You're a Patriots fan, but that I completely get. I don't understand the Parker thing, who has been a massive disappointment, certainly when he's in Miami, and I don't think that's an understatement. He was also frequently injured when he was in Miami, did he do enough last year in New England to get this kind of love in a short period of time? I was completely shocked to see this come across, and I wanted to make sure that I saw it from different yeah. places to be like, oh. And, and then the three-year commitment, $33 million. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I guess my only thought here is that there were some people saying that, you know, if he can stay healthy, then he's the one that can kind of stretch the defense. And then you can have some other guys going underneath. If you still have some cap space and room for a DeAndre Hopkins signing, then he can be your possession guy underneath uh, if that's kind of what they're thinking. But the problem is, to your point, Parker hasn't stayed healthy enough to be out on the field. And I really don't remember too many times when he has played where I thought, whoa, that dude is really good. Um, he's not been terrible. He hasn't dropped it in a, a lot of passes or anything like that, but I just don't think he's really ever been a disparate difference maker in his NFL career. Now the three year thing, it's an NFL contract. So I don't know what the terms, you know, the guaranteed contract part of it, you know, they, you know most NFL contracts, you can get rid of a guy like in 10 minutes if you really want to get rid of a guy. But I just don't think he's ever been certainly nowhere near uh, what anybody thought he would be when he came out of college, when he was you know, arguably, uh, if not the best receiver in his class, pretty close to it. Uh, the other bit of news here is that the Jaguars offensive tackle Cam Robinson officially suspended four games for violating the PED policy. I think this is a really big deal. Um, you know, we've heard a lot about Jacksonville, uh, you know, being a, you know, you know, certainly it's been reflected in betting odds, which uh, I really haven't gotten too deep into, quite frankly. Uh, but I do know that there's lots of money on the Jags and several high-profile, high-volume sports books around the world, uh, I guess based on their surprising season last year, etc. cetera. Uh, so we'll see, but, you know, He's their left tackle, and uh, it seems to be, you know, I looked at the depth chart. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I looked at the depth chart yesterday when I f found out about this, and uh, it doesn't seem like they've got anybody else that can really even kind of hold their own at that position. And this is not exactly the time of the year, uh, for the most part, unless it's like Dalvin Cook or Hopkins, to go out and get a player that could make a difference in any position, let alone left tackle. I mean, there's no chance there's going to be anybody that can get in the market at this point that is going to be you know, more than just a you know stopgap measure until Robinson, hopefully. It's a four-game suspension, and we have to assume that he's going to be you know, clean and cleared after four games uh, for the season, and that's, you know, that's not exactly – a quarter of the NFL season now with the 17-game schedule. But for a team that has aspirations, certainly, uh, to be really good, uh, this is not good. I don't disagree with anything you said there. I guess my only potential thought process for how they can weather the storm here is that they're playing in the AFC South. And so uh, yeah. by, I guess, process of elimination, if they can get a couple of wins throughout that four games that he's going to be missing, they're not going to be losing too much ground within their own division. No, I agree with that part. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are thinking a lot better than just the uh, AFC South here for Correct. them. Correct. <laughs> uh, and they were not exactly, I think it's, safe, I think it's accurate to say, uh, they weren't the most consistent team even last year from week to week. You kind of, you know, a lot of times didn't exactly know what you were going to get out of them. They they had some really impressive wins. They had some games where they were awful. Uh, and seemingly not a whole lot in between, quite frankly. 
I want to make sure that I give it more time. So we'll get into the ESPN layoffs in regards to some of the NFL talent that we've come to see on our TV screens as well as the NBA talent. So we'll do that in in another segment, probably in hour number two. Uh, On the other side of the break, though, we'll get into what's happening at the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, on the PGA Tour and just how low can you go is basically uh, what's what's currently taking place in Detroit. So we'll take a look at what's happening there on the other side of the break as we wrap up hour number one. And once again, a reminder here for you, though, it is a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. And with the long weekend, what better place than to visit 2390 North Alma School Road to get a bunch of meats for you to be grilling this weekend. We'll dive into everything next. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. point on this Friday, June 30th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. We'll continue to mention it uh, throughout the rest of the show, but a reminder here for you, the programs, the Sports Zone and Extra Point are off on Monday and Tuesday. That's July 3rd and 4th in observance of the Independence Weekend. Uh, then we'll be back with you on the 5th through the 7th of July, and then we're taking some vacation July 10th through 14th and back doing shows on July 17th. So that's our upcoming schedule here. As we take a look at what's happening over at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit being played at the Detroit Golf Club, uh, we had noted that scores were going to be low and that has certainly been the case so far. Taylor Moore is out in front. He fired rounds of 64 and 67. Uh, He's done for the first two days. He's leading at 13 under par. Adam Shank and Justin Lauer are in a tie for second at 11 under par. Dylan Wu and Andrew Landry and Sepp Straka are all in a tie for fourth at 10 under par. Some notable names for you. Cam Davis, uh, he is a defending, uh, not the defending champion, but he is a champion of this event a couple of years ago. He's uh, also at 10 under par. Your defending champion, Tony Finau, he shot even par yesterday and is even so far through three holes. So he's really going to have to get it going as the projected cut line is currently sitting at three under par. Justin Thomas had added this event to his schedule because uh, prior to his um, finish at the Travelers, he was actually on the outside looking in for the FedEx Cup playoffs, which this year has been revamped to take the top 70 uh, to play in the playoffs here. It previously was uh, the top 125. It's now been the top 70 this year. Uh, Heading into this event, though, he was, I believe, 66th in the FedEx Cup standings. Unfortunately, his play, he shot 76 yesterday, 69 today. That's plus one for the tournament, and that's in a tie for 130 seconds, so he will not be around for the weekend. He is a player, though, that I think we're going to have to monitor for some Ryder Cup implications. Uh, He's obviously played on several Ryder Cup teams now. 
He's considered an American star, uh, but his game has just really struggled this year. And, and just looking at the statistics, looking at just how he has kind of gone about playing because he's been a part of so many featured groups of uh, throughout some major events this year. It, the problem has been the putting. And the putting has never been a strength for Justin Thomas in terms of if you're looking at statistically what are the strengths. Obviously, to be on the PGA Tour, you have to be a really good putter. So I am I'm like, we're splitting hairs here. But when you're talking about Justin Thomas's game here, that's the area of uh, what's going to show up and, and how's the putter going to work for him for the week. And it's always been that he has been an incredible ball striker, an incredible wedge player. And this is the first year that it really seems like the putting has affected the ball striking, affected the wedge play, that it almost feels like there's a little bit of extra pressure that I have to hit it closer than I normally do to give myself a better opportunity to make the putt because I'm not making putts. So it's kind of just been interesting how golf works that way uh, in terms of the mental side of the game. But when it comes to the Ryder Cup, if you're looking at Justin Thomas in the standings, he'd probably have to be a captain's pick at this point. Uh, but do you go with him and the experience of being on the Ryder Cup team? Do you take a flyer on somebody else who's just trending in a much better direction? So there's certainly going to be, uh, you know, obviously Justin can change the narrative here if he improves his play at the back half of the summer before the Ryder Cup in September or there's going to be some interesting decisions on the line moving forward for the Ryder Cup captain. Uh, that'll do it, though, for hour number one. Hour number two is coming up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point on this Friday, June 30th, right here on KDOS AM 1060.